this episode of the podcast Frank, is brought we to... Frank, we don't have time for this. Zach, we do this every episode. Yeah, we, we're on a time crunch. We got to move on. Yeah, but you telling me that we're on a time crunch, I could have already had this done. No, I get it, but like we, we got to move on. Like We got so much to do. <sighs> well, sorry, guys. It was going to be a really good one this time, though. Reynolds has made my dreams come true. And I have given him what he desires most in return. And what's that? Every piece of me. He's a very demanding man, isn't he? Must be quite a challenge to be with him. Yes. Maybe he's the most demanding man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that hides things inside of its podcast. Mm. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. That was a very subtle thing, too, like, yeah. in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, today, we are doing 2017's Phantom Thread, mm-hmm. um, written and directed by, of course, one of the greatest of all time, Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um Daniel Day-Lewis's final performance before retiring. Supposedly, we'll Suppose, see. He's retired yeah. like four times in his career, so oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I well, mean, he goes I, insane after each role, so it it's does, like... It does seem like this is his final role, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of it's kind of weird because this episode, or this uh, film is like one of the rarities where you actually just get him talking like his actual voice. He's not doing like a character. He's not yeah. doing like an accent. It's just really him. I mean, he was still crazy, and like, I looked it up, like he... he like observed and like uh learned about like i think victorian era like 1920 to like 1950 fashion yeah and then tried to make a dress for his wife always yeah because he's because <laughs> he's insane yeah he d- he just needs to go above and beyond in his yeah. roles um so this film stars vicky cripps mm-hmm. who plays alma mm-hmm. um of course Anna day lewis who plays reynold woodcock and of pretty much the only other one that really really matters is leslie manville who plays cyril yes. who's kind of like his right hand woman which it kind of, like, they never explain it, but it seems like it's his sister. Really? That's what I got from it. I never got that. I've seen I, this movie, I, like, three times, and I never, I, I thought that, sister. that she's just kind of, like, she's been with him forever, and he just knows her, and they've been just partners ever since. But maybe. Maybe. It's I never, it's never, her Her last name is never given, so mm-hmm. you, you would never know. Um, and this is a movie that takes place in the 1950s, and um, it basically follows Woodcock, who is this, like, re- renowned dressmaker, um, and... His life gets kind of thrown upside down after Alma is introduced into his life, who he kind of originally views as a muse and then becomes like a lover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say it just straight off the bat. I absolutely adore this film. I think that this is um, potentially one of Paul Thomas Anderson's best films. Mm. I think that uh, it's... So something that I've real I realized, and I and listen, I know that this movie will not be for everybody, and yeah. I know that this movie, some people might call this movie boring. Um, I don't think it's boring. I like, don't think I, it's boring. I think there are people that will think. Yeah, this absolutely. Is I, and and I understand that completely because I will I, I will acknowledge that nothing, not a lot happens in the film when it comes to like giant set pieces mm-hmm. or. There's, there's not anything that's like, wow, this is really intense. Although there are moments of tensity, yes. but like it's just on a different level. It's mm-hmm. not like a action film or something like that. It's not like the same intensity that he brings in There Will Be Blood. Yeah. It's a very, very subdued and different type of intensity. 
Um, I will. I do think that this is one of his best looking movies ever. Yes, it is very well put together. I want to say too, really quick before we get into it, um, Johnny Greenwood. Oh, uh, one of the, the best fucking scores. Fucking gorgeous score. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful. Just, it's so nice. Yeah, and I, I, I realized that um, this is the only film that Paul Thomas Anderson has ever done where he didn't actually have a cinematographer. Yeah, he tried to like do a he lot did it of all, it. He did all of it himself because his normal cinematographer like wasn't available for scheduling or whatever. Yeah. Um. So it was pretty much like, do I, do I wait for this guy to become available? Do I find somebody else mm-hmm. or do I just do Try it? Try and do it myself. And he did it himself. And I think that he accomplished, again, like I said, one of his best looking films ever. Exactly. I mean, he did like have like advisors, like he of had course, like, yeah. camera crew and everything like that being yeah. like, hey, you should put the shot here. Yeah. But like other than that, like he did the cinematography. So that's very impressive. Yeah. Um, performances, I think, are incredible. I think that Alma and Woodcock's Dynamic. relationship with mm-hmm. one another. And I think that their relate, like their chemistry on screen is so realistic yeah like i i feel their relationship um there is like nitpicky things that i didn't really like about this though Mm -hmm. um always yeah there's always minor things of course i mean it was kind of like to me it felt rushed on like how alma (laughs) now you know what's crazy (laughs) the fact that you said that this that anything about this movie is rushed is insane (laughs) because the entire movie is drawn out so long (laughs) but like it feels super rushed in terms of like reynolds and and alma like starting out together so you right so we open up on him with um a, a previous lover yes and it seems like he is this like this is kind of his life yeah in which he meets a girl that's very beautiful. He, uh, he there's that that initial kind of infatuation stage, right, where he's absolutely kind of like entranced by them, and and then they kind of always seem to be, be uh, they always seem to become his type of muse, mm-hmm. and then she falls in love with him. He kind of grows tired of them, and then. Cyril pretty much just seems to be like on this level of like, listen, you're kind of done with her. Like, mm-hmm. I'll I'll give her one of your dresses and we can just send her on her way and then this will be done. Yeah. And, and then that's kind of like what it is. And then he's a bachelor for a very short period of time again. And then he meets somebody else. And like that is his kind of life. Yeah. And he even says that, too, where it's like his lifestyle, like only suits being a bachelor. Yeah. Uh, And so when we meet Alma, this is like now post breakup with his previous lover mm-hmm. and Alma is the new it girl for this time. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I think that there's, there, there's like these really subtle things that I, that I think make her immediately different than any other girl that mm-hmm. he's met because she has this, she is very strong. Yes. I mean, she also starts out with like this kind of like quirky style to her, which yeah. like they didn't fully, fully go on more from other than like her just like tripping over like some of the stuff and everything yeah. like that. But I think that kind of like speaks to everything too, where it's like Reynolds notices that because like he's so used to being in like this dignified town of like everything is like, we'll have crackers with tea. <laughs> and she's just kind of like, let's have a beer. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's how it feels like the first off. So it's like, that could be why like he fell for her as a muse was like, she was the unconventional. Yeah. Um, and they don't fully, fully like continue on that. No, she, she's definitely not that type because it, you quit, you quickly realize that he has a way of manipulating and, um, Basically, the way the way that I was viewing this movie was, 
this time around, I was realizing that he is essentially the man is very into his routines. Yes. And it's absolutely hysterical. Like, I think this movie is very, very funny. There are some um, funny points in it. Yeah, like, I think that this movie is hysterical. Like, when he's taking the measurements of her and he's like, you have no breasts. Yeah, Just, yeah, like, yeah. right out of nowhere. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then, but then she gives it right back to yeah. him. But um, anyway, uh, the thing I realized about this film this time around was that he's kind of like a chess player. And, mm-hmm. like, all of these are kind of his chess pieces. And he puts them in these very specific spots and they have like their very specific roles that they do and they're not allowed to stray away from those roles and Alma comes in I think initially kind of like ready to be who she's normally is and then he immediately puts her into this chess game yeah and now she's kind of there and then the rest of the film is her slowly crawling her way out of that Mm -hmm. and um and again it's like it's it's so kind of crazy to see a guy who is, in my opinion, very manipulative. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> what the hell? Like, if you don't, if you walk away from this movie not thinking like, "Wow, he's a fucking scumbag manipulator," <laughs> then yeah. like you, you something's wrong with you, right? And and her being able to find her own way of making him not be like that Mm -hmm. i remember when i saw the end of this movie when we get to the end where she makes him that final meal i like was (laughs) laughing and i was completely in shock because Mm -hmm. i was like he's they're just insane like they're both like just crazy yeah because and i think that's (laughs) the thing was like when i first watched it i was like i don't i don't understand and then i was like no crazy loves crazy like it's just how it is yeah because like he gives this look too that reminded me of there will be blood like when he finds out that his brother isn't his brother oh right and it's just like this death stare and like he's looking at her and i was like you fucking bitch, you're going to poison me and I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, right before before we were like really kind of unpack the story, um, shot on film. It, yeah. It looks beautiful. But one thing I noticed this time around was that how like texture and, and, and grainy everything mm-hmm. looks. Um, the fact that like even when like in the opening shots when you're seeing like Reynolds just starting his morning routine and it's like him just like shaving yeah and you can see like how close up like the bristles and like the the five o'clock shadow that was like formed on him like it it's just those little things of like that detail that's shown from film yeah he's just he's an incredible filmmaker um and I think that it's really kind of rare when you get a period piece because that's this kind of feels like a Similar to like Yorgos Thanthamos's, um, uh, the favorite, mm-hmm. like it's not that far back, mm-hmm. but it feels like that. Like the house feels like an old Victorian home, and the house and the the dresses and the style of dresses that he that he makes are kind of in that vein. Um, especially like when we get to like his mom, um, you know, it's just very it, it feels like that. And usually, like period pieces are just very clean, yeah, and they look super pristine. And this movie looks while the the set pieces and whatnot are very clean, but there's like this real texture to everything mm-hmm. that I don't usually see in a period piece like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just something to note. Uh, so yeah, Woodcock, which which Dana Day Lewis named him Woodcock. Yes, <laughs> and and every time that like they said it, like Paul Thomas would Anderson would just like laugh his ass off until finally he was like, you know what, that's your name for the movie. Yeah. Um. So opening shot beautiful mm-hmm. everything about the movie is beautiful we we get it right uh but 
let's unpack their relationship because mm-hmm. it is very, very complex and extremely oh, complicated. Absolutely. It almost forms into like a Munchausen by proxy thing. Mm. But we'll get into that like once we actually get into like the poisoning aspect yeah. of it. The the beginning portion of this film, because like we had talked about this, this is my first time watching it. Like I had known like the general idea of the story. Yeah. But it's not really until like the last like thirty minutes of this two hour long film where it's like you get that. Like that's kind of like the bread and butter of like where the relationship is heading of like poisoning. Yeah. The rest of it is like literally their relationship just unfolding. Right. And at first I was like, when are they getting to this? And then I was like, you know what? I don't need it right now. And I don't know if I ever need it. (laughs) Cause like, it's just more fun to like watch like how destructive they are with each other. Yeah. But how comforting at the same time they can be. Right. And you get that from like, like I said, like with the first measurements, like where Woodcock just fucking throws it out there. It's like, you have no breasts. And like, she throws it right back at him. And up until that point, it was like a very lovely, like this was just like them having like conversation and a nice dinner. And it's like, let me, let like, why don't you come back and I'll take your measurement and I'll make you a dress. Right. And then it becomes like a little bit creepy. As soon when, as he like, gets into his world. Yes. Which is at the house mm-hmm. making dresses. It becomes all him. Yeah. Like, he's in control. He yeah. has the say now. And that's why, like, he says nothing when Cyril walks in. Right. And it's like, oh, this is just business as usual. Exactly, yeah. And it's no longer, like, a date. Now it's, like, it's work. Right. And he also has a really beautiful line um, when they when they are on their first date and he's talking about uh, the mom. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and, he, and he kind of says that he... That he hides the things yeah. inside of garments that he makes mm-hmm. um and it's you know sometimes he doesn't even tell people that they're there it's just for him to know they're just these little secrets mm-hmm. and he and he says um to alma you know what's your relationship like with your mom and do you have a photo with her of her and she said yes and he was like can i see it and she's like i don't have it on me right now i have it back in my place and he's like always keep it on you always keep her with you because he's got this He's got this relationship with his mom, and I think that there's a moment when when he's talking about her when they're at his like in his little cocktail room at his mm-hmm. place, where she realizes that she is never ever going to achieve that kind of love that he has for her mo- for his mother. Yeah, and that is true, right? Mm-hmm. In like a lot of cases, you're never going to you're never going to be. Um, that mother figure to well, I mean, you're never yeah. going to love, you know, you're never going to be loved as much as as he loves his mom, mm-hmm. and obviously everybody's different, but there is kind of like that general generalization about about it in life, and it's a very, it's, it, but it's also like a very different kind of love, yeah. Um, and I don't know, I just when it when it cuts to her face and she kind of is realizing that I don't know, I think it's just like a really interesting moment for her to to realize the type of man that he is and decides that she's going to stay there mm-hmm. and like continue this because he's so interesting. He's yeah. so, he's got that kind of like allure to him where yeah, he you... is very mysterious in yeah. like a, a plain to see kind of way. Like even when it comes to like the breakfast scenes right. where it's like, it's literally like he walks, like he, he tells him like, okay, this is like what we need to do today. Then walks in, sits down, starts sketching, does not speak, right. pours like a cup of tea has maybe like a bite or two of a scone. That's it. Like yeah. very quiet, very reserved. He's stuck in his routine. Yeah. And, and when his team routine is disrupted. Oh yeah. When almost <laughs> his whole day is real because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's interesting with him is that he, 
I don't think that he views himself as a dressmaker. He doesn't view himself as as somebody who is making clothes. He, I think that he views himself like a real, true artist. And the work that he's doing is art. Yes. And the dresses that he makes is art. And there's a great, great scene where uh, that woman that he doesn't really want to make the dress for because she isn't exactly the type of woman that he would normally make this type of dress for. She is a bit older, mm-hmm. a bit more heavy set. She's drunk. She's kind of like aloof a little bit. And she is not the image that he wants to put, you know, his clothing on. Mm-hmm. And one of, it's one of my favorite scenes is when they go to that party. Yes. And, and she face plants. And she's like drunk and she's like acting completely um, just erratic in, mm-hmm. in his dress. And you can see how like seething he is that that you know that she's making a mockery in his dress. Yes. And then Alma stands up and you know is like this is bullshit, whatever. That woman gets brought back to her place, and then Alma has to like go into the mm-hmm. into the bedroom and rip the dress off of her. And and you can see that their relationship is kind of growing even stronger now. Yes. Because it seems like nobody's ever done that for mm-hmm. him. And then you can see that, too, with, like, afterwards, like, because beforehand, like, they were still, they were getting to the point of, like, very standoffish. Like, that honeymoon phase is kind of yeah, over. It's fading. Like, it is that point of, like, you know, he's getting tired of her. Um, and then, yeah, she does this thing where it's like, let's just go take the fucking dress off of her. And he's like, no, like, we can't do that. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to do that. Like, we're not making a mockery of your work. Yeah, yeah. And then they go and take it. And then it's all kind of, like smiles and like holding each other and they kiss in the street and then what i thought was interesting was like the following scene is when it's the morning routine again where it's like him coming to like sit down drink his tea sketch and he comes in and he kisses alma yeah and then he has a conversation with her at the breakfast table right she's changing him it's yeah it's like this is completely different like this is no longer like what he would do yeah but he doesn't it, it's kind of like he gets snapped back to reality again yeah. after that. Yeah, like he goes through like these phases of like... Yeah, and he, I don't think a woman has ever done that to him in his mm-hmm. life. And obviously he ends up marrying her, which is completely out of pocket for him. Yeah, like he does not do that. But I mean, again, too, that's after... Right. The right. mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we'll get to the mushrooms mm-hmm. in just a minute. Um, but I do love, though, like right after they're married, because it's like it's super, super sweet. Yeah. And then she's and then, such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like they're in the fucking like Alps or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like she's just still like buttering yeah. her toast so loud. And he's got this look again of like, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Because say I, I mean, I take, I take that as her doing it on purpose. Like mm-hmm. she's, she is. Because he is kind of torturing her mm-hmm. on and off this whole time. And she now has him locked in and she's going to just kind of poke at him a Mm -hmm. little bit here and there just to kind of give it back to him. Because, again, she doesn't, you know, if she does lose, let's say, like a battle between between them, she's going to get get herself back up and then get and then, you know, and then get him. Yeah, she's going to do something to piss him off because she oh, they they're kind of always trying to one up one another. Yeah. I mean, and again, too, like this is also that time era where it's like divorce is unheard of so it's like he's kind of stuck with her yeah um so yeah let's talk about the mushrooms yeah um so very very clever so she basically realizes that so so there's a moment in which he gets sick um Mm -hmm. not from the mushrooms yeah just in general just in general and he becomes like a baby Mm -hmm. he's very sensitive he wants to be with her He, he he wants her by his side and 
she realizes that this is a, something that she can capitalize on, mm-hmm. which is these are the moments that, that she wants mm-hmm. from him. She wants to feel loved and and wanted as much as she loves him and wants him. And in a sense, she wants to be that mother figure of taking care of him. Exactly. And he wants that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And so she basically derives a plan to find poisonous mushrooms outside and, you know, essentially put them into the food that, that he's eating and poison him and get him very sick. Not enough to kill him, but just enough to, to really mess up his stomach and have him down and out for maybe two or three days. Mm-hmm. And during those moments of, of him being sick, they they are just growing stronger and stronger with one another. Yes. And, and, she, and, he is, and he is just completely um, at her mercy, essentially. Mm-hmm. And... And then, of course, you know, the movie goes on. He doesn't realize at this point that that she's being that he's being poisoned. And then it kind of goes on. And then after he's poisoned, their relationship tends to be a little bit better Mm -hmm. just for like a moment. Just enough where it's like they could get married. Yeah. And then they go on their honeymoon and like things are okay. And then as soon as they come back, it's like he's he's just manipulative asshole again. Yeah, of course. Mm hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, I mean, we get to a, one of my favorite scenes ever, which is, and I think it's absolutely hysterical, is when she does her little surprise for him. Yes, the asparagus fight. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she she gets everybody out of the house, and again, it fucks up his whole routine. And mm-hmm. she basically wants to just make him a surprise dinner. And Cyril's like, I don't think you should do this. It's it, you know, it's not really, it's not his birthday or anything. It's really gonna like, I don't think it's gonna go over well. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm, I'm gonna do this. So Cyril says, okay. She gets everybody out of the house. And man, when they sit down and he's just like, I feel like I've been dropped be- uh, down behind enemy lines and I'm surrounded yeah. <laughs> on all sides. Like he's, he's like, where is this coming so from? Over dramatic. Like, yeah, he's such a child about it. He's like, where is this coming from? Why are you doing this? Like, and the fact that like he has to like be like, he he comes in calm and he's like, I think I'm just gonna take a bath and yeah. decompress. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what the fuck, man? Like he, he he's such a child and he's so dramatic. And again, if if you fuck up his routine, mm-hmm, that's it, it. It's over, and and the rest of his and the rest of his day or evening will just be ruined, mm-hmm. and he cannot function. So the fact that the fact that they have this kind of big blowout fight and then and then it just kind of like Alma wins finally. Mm-hmm. And then she wins again when it's uh, New Year's, and yes. and she goes to the party. And she's without like, him. she's like, I want to go dancing. And he's like, I'm not dancing. And she's like, Well, I'm gonna go out. And she leaves. And again, a really funny scene of him just kind of like, like watching her like leave. Mm-hmm. And there's that really great scene of like she walks out the door, and it's a far shot from him sitting in the dining room, and you just see him like poke his head out because he's looking to see if she really left. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like standing at the door with his <laughs> hands in his pockets, like forehead against the door. Mm-hmm. It's just it's such like subtle comedy to me. Yes. And it always just lands. And then again too, like that it's it's that Daniel Day Lewis stare, man. Like yeah. like later on when he does go to the party and he does find her and it's like this good like thirty second long staring at each other. Yeah. Where it's like she's waiting for him to say I'm sorry. He's waiting for her to say I'm sorry. And it's and he just grabs her arm and is like, Let's go home. Yeah. But it's like it's in it's still in that moment where it's like he's being an asshole, but he's showing that he cares about her because like he did come he to came get her. For her. Yeah. yeah. He he went there. And like he would have never done that to any other girl. Yeah. Um another incredible scene, one of my I think maybe my favorite scene in the whole film is the fashion show 
Mm. And when they're just kind of running and all the girls are, mm-hmm. are, are in the in his clothes and, and she's running and doing his thing. And again, a re- it's all very like sensitive and just very slow. Mm-hmm. But when Alma makes her way to the second room where everybody is and, and Woodcock is looking through the peak hole mm-hmm. from the other side of the room and she comes in and she knows that he's looking at her and she just kind of gives him that kind of smile yeah. and then just keeps walking. I mean, it's just the movie... There's kind of like this sexiness about this film yeah. that is so not typical because it's not like gaudy sexy. It's like this really, truly romantic, um, deep connection sexy. It is like this kind of like like the old like love story, like the novels that like you would find like on the shelves in like Walmart and it's like the, the very theatrical like covers to them, like mm. those types of stories, like the very like as my grandma used to call it, the non-smutty ones, where it's just falling in love, like no real sex stuff. Yeah. It's it's like this. Like, yeah. it's that type of story. And, I mean, like, there there's, like, one scene that I think, like, is really, really beautiful, too, where it's, like, after uh, Reynolds is poisoned for the first time. And it's, like, this montage of Alma taking care of him while the dress is being remade for the countess uh she's like the french princess princess, yes um and i thought that was really cool too where it's like you know you see like a jealous side to alma right and that kind of like worries her a little bit and then like you have reynolds put it off where it's like i've made this girl's communion dress i've made her baptism dress i've made her high school reunion dress like shit like that it's like like you don't get to say stuff like that yeah and i loved that um Alma decides, like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to help, like, fix the dress now. Right. And she sees that little woven-in piece. And that she says, takes it out. Yeah, that <laughs> says, never cursed, and yeah. takes it out. Right. And it's, again, like, this little moment of being like, he's mine. <laughs> like, I know she's not going to do anything, but he's mine. Right, yeah. Um. So I think it's 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 a really interesting relationship between the two. Of course. I mean, even when, um, when I think at, at the point in which he does realize... That he that she is poisoning him, or that, he, that yeah that she is poisoning him, and he sees his mother yes in the bedroom yes, and, which is really really cool scene yeah. And Alma comes in and she kind of like you know is doing whatever she's doing. She's like setting the towels down. She goes into the closet and mm-hmm. gets and grabs whatever. Um, and the mom is just kind of there, and it's kind I don't know. If, I took it as kind of like a passing of the torch moment. Yes, yeah, where it's like. Because if you see, like, the mom kind of, like, leaves as soon as Alma comes in and starts to do things. Right. So it's like this thing of, like, your mom's watching you, like, watching over you, taking care of you, but now you have somebody that can do that for you in the real world. Right. And that's what I got from it. Yeah, exactly. It so, was just cool. Like, it was it was a very, very horror movie-esque scene. It, it is kind of like this, but he, in the, he, he kind of frames it early in the beginning where he goes, I don't think it's spooky at all oh, yeah, to think absolutely. That, the, that the dead are watching over us. I find mm-hmm. it very comforting. Mm-hmm. So, like, there isn't really this, it doesn't feel scary to me. No, but, like, in any other movie sense, that yeah. would have been, like, a horror absolutely, scene. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. I took it as kind of like a passing of the torch, which mm-hmm. is essentially what you were saying. It's like... She is here and she is now fulfilling this role for you because you are in bed like a baby, very sick, and you want that mommy kind of figure in your life. And she is here in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And she, and then I think that's when he realizes that Alma is forever. Yeah. And, you know, like he's, she's going to be here forever and mm-hmm. that he, 
really cannot live without her anymore. And then, of course, we get towards the end now where he realizes that she's poisoning him and it it makes him love her even more. When That was the thing is like I didn't feel like there was a point where it's like he knew that she was poisoning so him. So I, I think it just all eventually came down to the it's never like a grand reveal. But I think that it's kind of like, listen, I've been getting sick over and over again, like over the past whatever amount, mm-hmm. amount of weeks that you've been here. And it's always like when you are giving me tea, you are giving me food or whatever it may be. It's when you're cooking me things. And and I think that it's it's not like a like I said, it's not a grand reveal, but it's more of just a over time. The realization is is coming to him. Yeah, because I just I didn't see any point that would like notice that where it's like he would kind of like piece that together. So it's like when you get that scene of like her making him the omelet and I'm like. That's too much mushroom. Mm-hmm. You're gonna fucking kill him this time. Yeah. Um. But he only takes like one bite, right. and then like he says, like, "Kiss me before I'm sick again." Right. So it's like he knows. Yeah. It just it was kind of like weird where it's like you, I didn't get that kind of like not the, even I don't you, even, you don't get that like I don't even need a real yeah I don't need a reveal but I just need like a like a look of like hmm but I think something's that, not right I think that when when she's preparing that for him that that look thing is happening. See, because they're staring at each other, well, and it's yeah. like she's kind of got this smirk on her face the whole time, and he is reading his book, and he keeps looking up at her, like, "I know that this is happening. Like, I'm real." I, I think that that was the realization moment. I think it's just it, again, everything about this movie is so subtle mm-hmm. that it, nothing is like just spoon fed to you and just given to you. So, like, the idea of having this grand reveal moment or something like that of like him looking at the mushrooms on the plate and then there's like a close-up shot of the mushroom and then him realizing or anything like that. Like, it's yeah. not like that at all. It's much more subtle. Yeah, I mean, I realized that like afterwards because at first it was just like kind of like, to me it was just another stare of like, I'm so fucking angry at you. Like, I hate you. Yeah. And then afterwards, like it's like, no, he knows that she's going right. to poison him. But I mean, yeah. again too, she says that line of like, you know, every now and again I have to reel you back in. Right. And yeah. this is the way to do it. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, again, it's kind of a moment where he, I think that he feels that there has never been a woman in his life that it was ever willing to do this for him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fucked up. Yeah. And it's wrong and it's crazy, but that's what he needed. Yeah. Was this... This fucked up this thing. completely absurd form of showing love mm-hmm. because he has such a fucked up routine <laughs> of being around anybody yeah. so it's like yeah like it's it's kind of like the only way to be like you know what this is how i can kind of like reel him back in and make him normal again exactly it's a fucked up movie it's, it's it is but it's beautiful it's, at the same it's time so it's beautiful. very it's very fine line well done from paul thomas anderson yeah. it's like you could have teeter-tottered on like either one too much and yeah. then it would have ruined the story. Yeah, I I love his films and I think that I think that romance films really hit I think one of the things that I've realized about romance films in general is that I think they they really strike a chord with the viewer depending on like where you are in your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like one that has done this tastefully I don't think for the masses is going to be extremely successful, right? No. It's not going to be like, oh my God, this is 
this is like one of the best romances ever. In my opinion, it is, mm-hmm. but it it's just not for the masses. And I think when I first saw this film in theaters, again, it, it just didn't quite hit as much as I wanted it to. Um, maybe that's my fault. Maybe it's just because I have such high expectations and the movie is so subtle and so just like... It's just very different than mm-hmm. what I guess what what I was initially thinking it was going to be, and 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 then watching it a second time and a third time, it just grew on me so much, and I think that uh, that's what kind of romance movies I think that's what a good romance movie does. Yeah, is it grows with you and mm-hmm. and and you kind of like have a lot of it has a lot of layers and you may see things and find things. Based on, you might find new things essentially based on like what you're going through, like in your current life mm-hmm. or whatever, right? It's like kind of like with music, right? Like sometimes an album that you've, that you've heard a year ago, you, you hated it and then you go back to it just to give it a second chance and something, something else happened in your life and all of a sudden you can relate so much to this album and, and you weren't able to relate to it before. And I think that that's why like romance films are so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> I think that a lot of them are so cookie cutter and this one is just yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, like it is very hard. Like I mean, it's it's it goes down to like stuff like this and her that I think like really oh, break the love mold. her. Yeah, <laughs> like really break the mold of like love stories, and that's that's just with like a very unique style to them. Yeah. So it's like it you can do love stories and like romance films like really well. It's just you have to kind of like be different about it. Yeah. Like, like you need the core things of like I need to be invested in the relationship. After that, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, you can really make it your own. <laughs> and, like, those are the only two that I can think of, like, off the top of my head that, like, actually do something like that. Yeah, and, and, and stick with you because most romance films are just so, oh, my God. Like, hey, this is a couple. They meet mm-hmm. each other. They're not really in. Maybe she's not into him, and then she ends up falling in love with him. They have a great relationship. Some bullshit happens. They break up. And then he's trying to win her back, and eventually he does. And then that's like usually the end of the movie, and that's yeah. usually how it goes. It's like, okay, I've seen that a million times. Yeah. This movie is like, no, we're going to take all that and throw <laughs> it out the window, and we're going to mm-hmm. make a really weird but beautiful love story that I've never seen kind of the sim. I've never seen a film like it mm-hmm. in, in this genre. It truly is a movie about codependency. <laughs> it's a beautiful film, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's absolutely worth your time if you haven't seen it. Um, so nine asparagus dipped in butter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a recommendation, which is another. It, it's a it's a music rec- recommendation. It's a music recommendation that I think is also very beautiful. Um, it's a band and a woman that I never really really got into, mm-hmm. but her most recent album just hit some for for whatever reason in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. Uh and of course I am talking about Florence and the Machine. Ah. Um she she they just dropped she just dropped an album called um Dance Fever. Such a good album. Mm-hmm. So good front to back every <laughs> song. I love her voice is so strong and I noticed that like I'm not really a big fan of like really really feminine voices when it comes to singing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I like a more deeper and just strong voice, like an Adele. Like Adele, I think, has a really, really beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Florence is just incredible. And I think that she is probably one of the best singers out there right now um, in terms of, like, at least mainstream. 
and I think that she she's really good poetry when it comes to the writing uh, of the album. It's really really beautiful, um, and there's a really cool theme about it. Uh, I mean, just I mean, if you're gonna listen to one song, just listen to the the first single that was dropped from it called King. Mm-hmm. King is incredible. And uh, I just recommend the album. I think it's great. And that's all I got to say. Zach, what are we doing next? Oh, Frank, we're going to do some deep cuts. We're going to do those fucking movies that nobody has ever heard of except for us. (laughs) Nobody else loves except for us. So I'm going to be really pissed if I know anything off your list. Uh, Absolutely. All right, cool. So look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, a house that doesn't change is a dead house.